So here's the thing. We're going to be kicking off a vision series next week, and I figured there is no way that we can talk about vision and advancing God's kingdom if we are not personally healthy. So if we're not doing well, then everything else does not do well. So this is what we're going to do. How many of you got a note card when you walked in? Maybe you got little notes. Okay, so here's what I want you to do. You can do it one of two ways. You can flip it over. There's a blank spot. It's just a blank sheet of paper on the back. Or if you want to take out a smartphone and go to your calculator app, okay? Either you can write it on paper or you can take out your smartphone and go to your calculator app. So here's the deal. We live in a culture that is extremely busy. We are obsessed with staying busy, and therefore we live continuously, what? Stressed out, overloaded, overworked, tiring lives, right? And so maybe you're sitting in here and you're saying, yeah, you know, I'm a little stressed out, but I'm really not that stressed out, so here's what I want to do. I want to diagnose ourselves this morning, okay? So we're going to take a quick little survey and um, we're going to see if you're stressed out. So here we go. You ready? Awesome. You ready? Good. All right. Here we go. So if you feel rested and relaxed right now, then give yourself a zero. Okay? Zero. Now, if you feel you could have stayed in bed an extra 15 minutes, give yourself a one. Give yourself a one. Now, if you feel absolutely exhausted, give yourself a two. You were like, man, I'm just so tired. I got the tired headache. Anybody know what the tired headache feels like? Give yourself a two. If you're asleep right now, get out of here and give yourself a three. I'm just kidding. But (laughs) um, next one. If you were at church, I'm I'm about to ruffle some feathers here. Okay, ready? If you were at church 10 to 15 minutes early this morning to get connected with people, get your kids checked in, give yourself a zero. (laughs) Silence. If you were here at 10 a.m., give yourself a one. If you were here, if you got here during the music, then give yourself a two. If you're walking in right now, everybody stare at them and look at them and shame them. I'm just kidding. Don't do that. All right? Here we go. Give yourself a zero if you're behind on your laundry right now. If you're not behind on your laundry. Sorry. Give yourself a zero if you're not behind on your laundry. Here's another one. Give yourself a one if you're just a little behind on your laundry right now. Give yourself a two if you dug through your hamper to find the shirt that you're wearing right now. (laughs) All right, here's another one. Let's look at our finances. If all your bills are paid and you have extra money in your account, then give yourself a zero. Some people are like, is that possible? Next one, if you pay your bills, but there's nothing left at the end of the month, then give yourself a one. If you often pay your bills late, give yourself a two. Here's another one. If you hit a red light and just stop, like you're that person, you just stop and you don't get upset, give yourself a zero. Um, If you break at the last minute and lock the seatbelts and your wife gets really mad at you, give yourself a one. Next one, if you gun it and run the light screaming, Lord, save us, mercy, heaven, give yourself a two. If you hit a person, go turn yourself in, all right? So, how'd you do? You got a one, okay? So, let's show of hands real quick. If you add up your score and you have anything over five, let me see your hands. 
Most of you in here. Anything over five. Here's the deal. If you have anything over five, chances are you are probably stressed out or you're lying. <laughs> or you're lying. You, you're like, yeah, I probably should give myself a one on that, but I'm going to give myself a zero just to make myself feel good. Here's the truth. Most of us don't have margin in our lives. Most of us continuously live this busy, stressed out, exhausted, overloaded life. And and let me just set this up real quick, okay? This is not something that I've mastered. Uh, So I'm going to share with you guys this morning something that I am currently learning right now. Okay, so if you feel like I'm preaching this and I've got it all together and I've got all this margin in my life, I'm just telling you I don't. This is something that God is teaching me. But I also know this. I really feel like, and my wife feels the same way, that we want to give a good, solid 30, 40 years to this church. Okay, I I want to grow old with you guys. I want to see God do some things here. But I know for a fact, if I continue at the pace of life that I am right now, I won't make it. And, and, And here's the deal. Many of us in here, we don't know why life seems out of order right now. We don't know why we're so frustrated all the time. And we don't know why our marriage isn't working out. And we don't know why we can't deal with our kids well. And usually chances are you're probably so stressed that your actions become this overflow of who you are. You're so overwhelmed that words come out of your mouth that you didn't even know you could say. Right? Many of us, if we're really brutally honest with ourselves, we don't even know who we are anymore because we're so overwhelmed. We're we're so stressed out, like we've forgotten how to simply relax. We don't even know what we enjoy anymore. Like some of us used to enjoy like sitting down and reading a book or going to a movie or just simply relaxing. We don't even know what that is anymore. Listen to this. We live in a day and an age where something that is supposed to be relaxing, like taking a bath, is now occupied with staring at a device. Like, if they invented it, which I'm pretty sure they did, like, if you could take a shower and check your Facebook statuses in the shower, you probably would. I'm sure, I guarantee, go check Amazon, it's probably out there. But the truth is, here's the thing. We don't know what to do with downtime. We don't know what to do when there's just empty space and, and we live in this age where it's like information overload. We live in this day and age when we don't like to stay bored, so we stay busy. We don't like to have dead space and we don't know what to do with it. For example, when somebody asks you, hey, how are you doing? There's either two responses. Number one, I'm good. Or number two, Dude, it's been so busy lately, right? I'm good or I am busy. Rarely do you hear, eh, not too much going on here. Like, rarely do you hear that. And here's the crazy thing. Even our kids feel overloaded. Like, even our kids feel stressed out and overloaded. And let me give you an example. An eight-year-old kid spends eight hours at school, two hours of homework, Four out of five nights a week doing activities, and we call that normal. That's crazy. You got an eight-year-old kid who's like going into AFib because he's so stressed out, right? (laughs) My life is just so crazy. I'm eight years old. Be honest. So let's be honest with ourselves. On your days off, you probably did some chores, caught up on laundry, checked some emails, did some work. 
We, we don't know how to rest. We, we don't know how to relax. We don't know how to stop. We don't know how to pause. And if somebody asks you this question, hey, are you enjoying your life right now? Are you enjoying your life right now? Most of us would say no, and I don't have time to talk about it because i got to go do some stuff. Right? We're so busy, we're so overloaded, and many of us are being robbed from life of meaning. Not because you're committed, but because you're overcommitted. Because you're overcommitted. So, here's what I want to talk about this morning. I want to talk about what does it look like to live a life of margin. Like, I know that all of us, we have responsibilities, and I'm not telling us to just coast and to stop. But what I am saying is we've got to learn how to create some, some space in our schedules and in our week where we just pause and we rest and we take a break and we take a moment to reflect on our hearts and how good Jesus is and enjoy our kids and enjoy our family and enjoy God's good creation. So what is margin? Margin is simply this. The amount available beyond what is necessary. It's the difference between what you have and what you need. So let's take it even more simple. If you have 30 minutes to get somewhere and it takes 20 minutes to get there, you have what? 10 minutes of margin, right? Um, If you have $100 in bills or you have $100 that you get in the week and you only have $80 worth of bills, you have what? Twenty dollars a mark. Although that would, that's a fantasy, I don't know why I wrote that down, but that that would be awesome if I only had a hundred dollars in bills. So, how does margin play out in everyday life? What is it? What does it look like? I wrote down a few things. Margin is showing up maybe five or ten minutes early to a meeting, so you're not stressed out getting there. Like my dad, if you were on time, you were late. Like, he said, hey, be here at 10, and, like, you show up at 10. He's like, you're late. I'm like, it's 10 o'clock. What are you talking about? You said be here at 10. I'm here at 10. And then he gave me the spiel. Well, my grandfather said, if you're not on, yeah, you know, you're, you're at time, then you are late. And he'd give me this whole lecture. I'm like, Dad, oh, my God. I'm here at 10 o'clock, right? I'd usually end up barking at him because why? I would show up to the meeting, and I'm so stressed out that I'm going to be late that by the time I get to the meeting, I'm already stressed out, and I'm already in a bad mood, and I'm already riled up. Or margin financially would be having money left over at the end of the month. Or margin is having emotional capacity to deal with problems and not unleashing theory on your kids because you feel overwhelmed. Have you ever noticed that, like when you're so stressed out, when you're so overwhelmed that it starts affecting your relationships? Like you just, like you spew out to people and then you walk away and you're like, why did I just do that? I have no idea who I am anymore. Why am I doing this? It's probably because there's no margin in your life. It's probably because you're so overcommitted and you're so, you're doing so many things and you're so stressed out. Margin is having three or four nights a week where you don't have anything at all on your schedule. That's, that's hard. I'll be honest with you. That wasn't my week this week. But like we all need days when we can go home and just like, all right, did what I do today. First of all, was it pleasing and honoring to God? And, and then if you go home, like for me, that I've got a wife that's been working with kids all day, and then we have time where we can sit down and we can talk about those things, where we can rest. 
Margin is having extra time or extra money to invest and to give to people and ministries you love. This is margin. And I know for some of you guys, you're hearing me and you're going, you don't understand my schedule and my life and how busy I am and the priorities and the responsibilities that I have to get done. So let's look at it two ways. What happens when we live a life with no margin? And what happens when we live a life with margin? So first, let's look at what happens when we live a life with no margin. Number one, when margin decreases, your stress increases. Your stress increases. So if you have a Bible, you can turn with me to Luke chapter 10. I love this example that we're about to share. If you don't have a Bible, we got it for you on the screens. Luke chapter 10, verse 38, it says this. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. Now, notice this in verse 40. But Martha was distracted with much serving. She went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. So I want you to notice something. Martha could not even appreciate the fact that she was with Jesus because she was so busy accomplishing a task. Have you ever done that? Like you got people that come into your house and instead of enjoying the time with them, you're so worried about your house being clean and orderly and neat that you stress out about it. And by the time they get there, you can't even enjoy it anymore. This is what's going on. And interesting enough is that she was not distracted by something that was bad or evil. She was distracted by something that was good. Is is cleaning your house a good thing? Sure, yes, it is. And, And here's what I've learned over the years. If Satan cannot make us really bad, he will try to make us really busy. He's gonna try to make us really busy. You know why? So we don't have to think about internal things. You know why people stay busy? Because the moment that they stay quiet, they have to think about the things that are really going on in their heart. And they don't like that. It, honestly, it's why I believe Facebook is so popular. It's so popular because any downtime you have, you can drown yourself out. Or maybe you're, maybe you're not you know, a millennial, or you're in the older generation, and you say, well, maybe Facebook's not a big deal for me. I don't, I don't get distracted by that. Well, what I've seen with the older generation is this. You stay so busy with work things. Oh, you need help with your yard? I'll help you with your yard. Oh, you need help me go over here? Well, I'll help you with that. Oh, you need me to go over here? Okay, I'll go do that. And we keep ourselves so occupied that we end up sacrificing our own souls and our own families at its expense. To the point that we don't even know how to rest. We don't even know how to enjoy life anymore. And I am absolutely convinced that the greatest killer of intimacy with Jesus is busyness. Is busyness. And and a lot lot of times, it's not even busyness with good things. It's busyness with just things that don't even matter. Things that distract us. Become so busy at doing lesser things that we miss out on the most important things. So have you ever noticed this? When you're running late, maybe to church or to an appointment or to a meeting, what decreases? Margin begins to decrease, and what happens? So let's set it up. Maybe you're on your way to church today, Um, (laughs) if you're my wife. My, my wife called me earlier. She said, hey, I can't find the keys to the van. And she's like, you know, you immediately go into this, like, where are they? Do you know where they are? Who's the last person that saw them? So I'm trying to think in my mind, okay, I'm the last one that drove it. I didn't hang it on the hook. We have this hook that's supposed to put your keys on so you never lose them, but I'm so terrible because I never put it on the hook. Um, 
And so we're looking all around, and she texts me and calls me, and uh, obviously I don't get the phone call. And Caleb brings me my phone. He said, hey, your wife's been trying to get in touch with you, so I call her. She said, I still can't find the keys. Dang, where are the keys? And so I hurry home real quick, and I walk inside, and so I, we start tearing through things. And I can tell she's already, like, she's, I open that drawer. She's like, looked in there already, <laughs> you know. Open this cabinet, already looked in there, tore it apart. Uh, start flipping up the couch, already looked in there. And then I walk in, and I see um, Peter. He's our one-year-old. And I look at him. I'm like, I know you did something. I know you are responsible for this. And he's just kind of looking at me, like, mumbling stuff, you know. And so come looking around, and I'm like, you ever try that? You get so desperate if you have a one-year-old, like, dude, please, if you just, like, speak, say something, keys, where are they, point, you know, do something. And he's like, I don't know. What are you talking about? And so it dawns on me, I'm like, he put them in the trash. He put the keys in the trash. I open the trash can, start digging around, and it's like, you know that just, there's yogurt in there. Like, I'm digging around through yogurt, like this is disgusting. And I see this little green tag. I'm like, those are my keys. Pull them out, got the keys, put them back down. Well, what happens when we go through situations like that? When we lose that margin, now my wife is trying to scramble, get kids in the van. Get in the van! <laughs> All those things, what happens? We, we get stressed out, right? See, when there's, when there's no margin, when we're so stressed out, and when we show up to you know, a friend's house, or we get in off of work, and we've been so busy, and we connect with our wives, what happens? We just blow up. And it's not because they did anything. It's not because my wife did anything, or your husband did anything. It's because you're so stressed out, it's got to come out of you. And oftentimes our spouse ends up being the punching bag to that stress. I'm, I'm so stressed out that you just, bruh, you unleash it. If your financial margin decreases, what happens in your marriage? You start fighting. You, start, you spent what? You did what? It, tension rises, right? There's no margin. Number two. When margin decreases, your relational intimacy decreases. When margin decreases, your relational intimacy decreases. Continuing in Luke chapter 10, starting in verse 41. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. What is he saying? What is he alluding to? He's saying, hey, Mary's chosen to be with me. And and, and if she's chosen to be with me, then guess what? I'm never going to die, and I'm never going to leave, and she's chosen the best thing. So yeah, Martha's doing something good. She's tidying up the house, and she's getting it together, but she's not with me. You ever notice, have you seen this before? My family and I, um, we try. It doesn't always happen. We've, I th- think we've been pretty consistent at it for about the past month. Um, but we try to have a family day once a week. And so we had a family day yesterday. And uh, one of the things that I always notice is when we go out to eat, especially with all the kids, is this. That you can look around the restaurants and you see like a family with all these kids or a couple. And nowadays, they don't even talk. It's just, 
oh, I think I'm going to comment on that funny cat video. Like, what are you doing? Like, your wife is sitting right there, and you're looking at cats. Are you serious? <laughs> you know, or, dude, check out this. Did you see the latest gerbil video? It is hilarious. Like, and I do that, so <laughs> I'm talking about myself. But instead of actually, like, having conversation with people, instead of connecting, what happens when there's no margin? Relational intimacy decreases, and now we don't even connect. Now we don't even talk. And here's what's worse. Not only do we start disconnecting from our spouses, disconnecting from our friends, we begin to disconnect from Jesus. Begin to disconnect from Jesus. Your relational intimacy decreases not just with people, but with God. And this is where it gets dangerous. Because I've said this all, I've said this for a long time now. The reason that your life seems out of order is because you're not fighting to know Jesus. That is simply it. I mean, we could wrap it up and close right there. The reason life seems out of order is because you're not vertically connecting with Jesus. So let me give you another example. I run into people all the time, all around town, and, and um, they say things like this, or I'll say things like, hey, man, how have you been? I haven't seen you in church in a while. Everything all right? You, you are good? And I never try to heap shame on anybody. And that's not my thing. Okay? So, hey, how have you been? How's the family? You guys been all right? And this is almost always everybody's response. Pastor Zach, man, I want to be there. But you know what? I'm just so busy. I'm so busy. Man, I'm so, I've got so many things going on. We'll probably be there in like five years. Because <laughs> I'm so stressed. I'm so busy. And here's what, here's what happens. How clever do you think Satan is to convince you that God is not the most valuable part of your day or week? What does he do? He distracts you with busyness. And now you, now you end up making excuses to say, I can't even be a part of the family that Jesus has placed me in because I'm so busy. I can't even do what God's called me to do because I'm so stressed out. And we don't say it, but we're so busy. We're so overloaded. And the choice is ultimately yours. Are you going to be tempted to fight back? Or are you going to push back? Now, here's, here's the truth. The hardest thing that I have this morning teaching this message is simply this. Is most of you are convinced that the way that you're living right now is right. Most of you are absolutely convinced with all the things that you're doing, it's okay. And and so some of you, um, at this point in the message, you're already writing it off. You're saying, listen, I've I've got to do this. And, And I would say this, you can't afford not to look at your schedule and begin to chop things off of it. I guarantee you, man, your wife would love you a whole lot better if you spent one night a week just with her. I promise you, I promise you, your kids would probably appreciate you a whole lot more if you could set down the phone, if you could turn off the TV, if you can close the computer. Or if you could stop helping the neighbor who honestly could probably cut his own grass, okay? Like, the, the most important thing in your life right now is your relationship with Jesus and the people that God has surrounded you with. So, here's the question. How do we start creating margin in our life? Ephesians 5.15. So be careful how you live, 
Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. So look, let's look at the first part of this verse. So number one, acknowledge and repent of foolish living. To start to create margin, we've got to acknowledge the fact that, with, which most of us did already, we're stressed out. We're overloaded. So acknowledge it, repent, look at the schedule, and turn from it. And here's the thing. If you're not careful, there's a pull away from the most important things to the lesser important things of the world. So here's the deal. You've got to be careful how you live. You've got to be careful how you plan and what you say yes to. Listen. Some of your favorite, many of you, you should walk away from here and your favorite word after this should simply be no. And, and here's why people say yes most of the time. is because they live in the fear of man. I want to help them because if I say yes, then they approve of me, they accept me, or they're gonna, I'm going to offend them if I say no. And listen, I struggle with that too. I mean, I feel like many times I'm pulled in seven, eight different ways, and I feel like i got to say yes to everybody. And sometimes there's just like phone calls that I can't answer. And it's not that I don't want to answer it. It's just the fact that I'm sitting down eating dinner with my family right now, and I need to know that in this moment, this moment is the most important time, not the phone call. You know why? Because I can call you back, or I can text you back, or I can email you back. And look, I struggle with that, you know, especially as a pastor when, when my phone rings, people need me right now. And, and some of us deal with the same thing. If I don't answer this phone call, what's going to happen? Listen, the world has never burnt down from you not answering your phone. <laughs> it just hasn't. So the first step in creating margin is repent of foolish living. So what is foolish living? Foolish living is filling our lives with things that do not matter. And another word for this is simply idolatry. It's idolatry. So idolatry is this. Get this. Is when I make a good thing a God thing. Idolatry is when you make a good thing a God thing. So, so let's look at it this way. Why is it that very few people take the house that they can't afford and sell it and downsize and create some financial margin if you're strapped and you're stressed right now in your finances? Do you know this? That Americans spend 115% of what they make. 115%. So it, most of us in here are probably financially strapped. And a lot of times there's decisions and there's choices that we can look at and go, you know what, I am, man, I'm living in a house I can't even afford. That might be why I'm strapped. Or I'm driving a car that has an $800 note a month on it. I probably should not be driving this car. So it's looking at things like that. Here's a question that I have. Why is it that we say money doesn't make us happy, and yet so many of us fight and scrape to get even more of it? We say it doesn't make us happy, but we live lives chasing it. Oh, it's, it's not about money. I'm about my family. I'm about my wife. I'm about my kids. I'm about my church. But you live your life like it's all about money. Like it's all about money. Why is it that we do not radically cut back on our schedules to spend time with the children that will be out of our house very soon? 
Why is it that we don't cut back and we look back and we say, man, I only get one time that these kids grow up in my house. One time. I mean, I'm looking at my son who's six years old, my oldest right now, and it seems like yesterday I was holding him. Like yesterday he was rolling over. It seemed like yesterday we were renting the blue house on Academy Street in Jennings, Louisiana, and I had fell asleep on a recliner with him at two weeks old, and I wake up, I'm like, where am I? It seems like yesterday. That only happens once. YOLO, all right? Um, <laughs> some of you are like, what does that mean? <laughs> Google it. (laughs) Why is it that we let our kids be involved in absolutely every sport, but God forbid we teach them about Jesus? Man, I know some kids, I said it in the beginning, some kids are so overloaded and so stressed out, and yet they can't even tell you a single thing about how good Jesus is. They can show you how to swing a bat, They can show you how to kick a ball. They can show you how to throw it. But I guarantee you one day when they grow up and they get married and they start struggling in their marriage and they start questioning their identity, none of that's going to matter. None of that's going to matter. I'm thankful for parents that even at times drug me to church. Dad, I don't want to be you, son. You're going to sit there and you're going to get it. But I'm not getting it. Like, you're not making any sense to me. Well, eventually, you're going to get it. Why is it? Most of us are strapped and most of us are stressed out and we're overwhelmed because of our own doing and we're not willing to look at our lives and say, what doesn't need to be here? What needs to end? What do I need to cut off? What do I need to depart from? What do I need to separate? It's idolatry, it's insane, and it's killing marriages and families and people are hurting. And this overwhelmed, overloaded, stressed out life is not what God intended. It's not. God intended us to live a fulfilled, joyful life. Many of us aren't living it because there's no margin. Number two, how do we start, what happened, uh, number two and how we start creating margin. Make wise decisions. So this is the second part of Ephesians 5.15. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools. But then he goes on. He says, but like those who are wise. So let me give you an example. If I said to you, hey, you want to come over to my house? You want to, go, you want to come to the game with me and watch football? You want to come over and we'll have some snacks and we'll have a good time? Most of us, this is going to be the response, although I would never say that to you because I don't like football, but let's just pretend. If I did that, what would you do? You say, let me check my calendar, let me check my schedule, let me see if I'm what? Free. Let me see if I'm free. And chances are that most of us, maybe we'd be free on a Saturday or on a Sunday, but here's the question. Is it wise? It may be a good decision, but is it a wise decision? And I'll give you an example. My wife and I had a jam-packed week this week. And we got invited, what, yesterday? Or Saturday? Some, she's like, I don't even know what day it is. Um, but I think it was yesterday. We got invited over to some of our best friend's house. And they say, hey, we're going we're gonna to swim, we're going to barbecue, and we're going to have some friends there. Why don't you guys come over? And there's like, yes, let's go. And then immediately had to think about it. Look, would we have a good time? Yes. Would it be fun? Yes. Would we connect that we haven't talked to those friends in a long time? Would that be great? Yes. Is it wise right now? No. 
I haven't talked to my wife much. I haven't sat down and we haven't talked about things or we haven't just simply rested. So sometimes we have to turn down good things in order to make a wise decision. And here's what I see with a lot of people is they're so poor. Yes, I'll be there. Yes, I'll go to your birthday party. Yes, I'll be here. Yes, I'm going to help you with this. Yes, I'm going to do that. And we don't learn to make those wise decisions. So a better question to ask when you get asked to go somewhere would be, not am I free, is it wise? In light of the fact that our marriage is not where God wants it to be, is it wise to take on something else? In light of the fact that we have two children in diapers right now, is it wise to do this? In light of the fact that we have a senior who's in high school with one year left, is it wise for us to do this? In light of the fact that life is precious and short, is it wise that we invest our time like this? So how do we schedule wisely? We must learn to say no to many good things so that we can say yes to the best things. So let me put it this way. My wife and I, we love a clean and organized home. Okay? Like, it, I'll just be, it drives me nuts when I see a kid walking around with a cheese stick, because I know that cheese stick is going to be smeared on the floor pretty soon, right? And here's what, I've, here's what I've had to learn. It's taken us a long time to get here, and I'm still dealing with it probably more than she is. She's got it a little bit more under control than I do. I like to have things in order. I like to have the living room clean. I'm the kind of person, like, if I'm going to read, I've got the atmosphere has to be right. Like, if I'm going to relax, like, the house has to be clean. Like, if all those things. And uh, one thing that I've just learned over the past few years is sometimes I've just got to let it be messy. So sometimes I've just got to let the lot, like the kids' toys be all over the floor and the bed be messed up and kids' hair just going crazy and wild. You know why? Because at the end of the day, me spending time with them is more important than us spending an hour picking up toys and cleaning the house. So, like, at the end of the day, sometimes I just got to let that go. Like, Zach, it's not a big deal. It's toys. They're kids. And, and you just let it go. And in our house, it's hard when you have five little drunk midgets running around all over the place, screwing everything up. That commercial that, act, you ever seen that commercial? It's a paint commercial where they're, like, drawing on the wall and the parents, like, going behind them, scraping it. That's, like, that's our life. That is our life. You pick something up, they take it out like a second later. And, and you just got to come down to the fact of like, man, me just investing in them is important. And I'm not saying that we don't teach our kids responsibility and that you just let the house go crazy and all these things. Because that will probably stress you out. <laughs> but it's learning to have margin in certain things. Letting certain things just go. Just letting it be. At times, we have to choose relationships over tasks. Relationships over tasks. Number three, if we want to create margin in our life, this is the most important thing that we can do. Connect with Jesus. Connect with Jesus. Ephesians 5, 16 through 17 says this, Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you 
to do. So we make the most of every opportunity that we have to connect with Jesus. You know, when I, honestly, the best times that I have in prayer, every single morning, shower. In the shower. You know, I'm by myself. There's no kids, nothing. It's just me in the shower, which is the way that it should be. But that's another subject. Some of you, that flew right over your head. Example, let me, let me give you this. When I don't have time with Jesus, with one to two days, I start to notice. I notice. When I don't spend time with Jesus for about a week, my wife starts to notice. Man, what, what, what's going on? Like, you're just sharp. I'm not talking about handsome, although that is the case, but... A couple weeks goes by, everyone notices. Man, what is off? What is wrong with them? You know why? Because it comes out in my attitude. I begin to get critical. I'm not loving. I'm impatient. I'm cranky. I'm stressed. Life seems out of order because I'm not connecting with Jesus. And honestly, I think for all of us, if you want margin in your life, if you don't want to be so overwhelmed, if you don't want to be so stressed out, you've got to look at the schedule. You've got to look at the week and say, what are things that I can get rid of so that I can spend time and so that I can connect with Jesus? And I promise you this, that is the most refreshing thing that you can ever do. My wife and I remind ourselves of this all the time. When we do go on vacation, is it refreshing? Yeah. When you get away from, you know, life and you get to spend a few days away from all the busyness, but that's not reality, is it? Like, you're coming back to your life. So if right now, if you're looking at, okay, man, next Saturday I've got this where I can get away, or next week I've got a day off, and, you know, I'm just going to sit down, meet and Netflix all day, like, if that's what you're looking forward to, to get refreshed and to get rested, it's going to fail you. It's not going to work. You need sustaining joy, sustaining peace, sustaining comfort, which is Jesus. So here's the deal. Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 says this. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden. So let's interchange that verse a little bit. Come to me, all who are stressed out, overwhelmed, and can't get it all done. Come to me. Come to me, single parents who are about to fall apart and you don't know what to do. Come to me and I'll give you rest. Come to me, those of you that are running a business and you're going, man, it's going to fall apart, it's not going to work. Come to me. Come to me, the mom that has no margin in her life and her life seems cluttered by laundry and kids and diapers and dishes cleaning the house. Come to me. The verse continues, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Let that resonate with you. You will find rest with your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So this is what we're going to try to do this morning. We're going to just simply try to learn from Jesus. You will find rest for your souls when you connect 
of Jesus. And listen, if I haven't convinced you yet that you need margin in your life, let me read something to you. Genesis 2.2. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done, and he rested. He rested on the seventh day, get this word, from all his work that he had done. So let me ask you a question. If you feel like you can go at this pace seven days a week, stay busy, work all the time, God can't even do it. So why can you? If God, the creator of the universe, stopped and rested, and oh, by the way, it's a command. Hey, Sabbath, take a day off. Rest. Take a nap. Declutter life. Figure out who you are again. Connect with Jesus. Allow God to restore your soul and what encourages you and what stirs your affections for Jesus. Listen, there's a reason that God rested, and I think it's simply just to prove that, hey, we cannot stay at this pace forever. You're not invincible. You can't go forever. And listen, this is what I find. A lot of people that stay busy a lot of the times and and like, man, how does that guy do it? How does he just stay busy all the time? I promise you inside he's screaming. Because I've been there. Inside, it's, it's killing him. Inside, he's asking the question or she's asking the question, how long can I keep this up? I looked it up this morning. 55% of Americans are going to the doctor saying that they have some kind of sickness and they don't know what it is and they've got stomach ulcers or heart's not going well. They're stressed out. You know, the number one cause of a heart attack is not smoking. It is not eating poorly, which if you live in Louisiana is an awesome thing because we none of us eat well, right? It's stress. It's stress. And so here's what I want you to walk away from here this morning is this. If we are going to see God radically do something in our lives, in this church, and in this city, we have to create margin. We have to create margin. And here's the thing that I've learned about God. He doesn't work at the pace we do. He actually goes really slow. He, he actually makes you wait. Like, God, come on. I'm faster than you are. God, hurry up. He, he's patient. He's long-suffering. And he's saying, hey, listen, I know what I'm doing. And let's slow, let's pull the pedal back a little bit. Let's slow down the pace of life. Let's have some days where we spend time with our family and connect with Jesus. Listen, God has some great plans for this church. And I am so beyond excited for the future. And I want to see many of you run this race with us. But some of you will not make it unless you begin to create margin in your life. The reason life seems out of order is because you're not connecting with Jesus. The reason life seems out of order is you're so stressed out, you're so overwhelmed, and you can't stay at this pace for the rest of your life. 
So here's what I think God's saying to us this morning. Slow down. Create some margin. Learn to connect with Jesus. Learn to put down the phone, shut the computer, turn off the TV. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for who you are. Look, just every head bowed, every eye closed in here. If you're in here this morning and you say, Pastor Zach, everything you said this morning just resonates with me, would you just slip your hand up? Okay, many of us. God, we know that many people in here, God, including myself, God, we're overwhelmed, we're stressed out. And so, God, when we start hearing about creating margin, some of us, the first question that we begin to ask is, how? How? I don't even know what to cut out. I don't know what to do. God, I pray that we would come to you, and God, we would experience the rest and the rejuvenation of our souls that your word promises us. God, that we would rely on you. God, set us free from this busy, fast-paced culture of, that tells us that we have to keep going to mean something. God, we love you. We thank you for what you're going to do in our hearts and in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.